sure everything is up to snuff. It's 11.19 a.m. Sunday, January 3rd, 2021. The Chillgill Thrill. I believe we're on episode 32. Maybe for episode 33 we do something on Freemasonry, right? The whole, uh, you know, the, the whole mythical Illuminati connection. That whole, that whole thing. Which I, I believe, I could be wrong here, but I, you always hear of these 33 de- degree Masons, right? And those are the ones that are up into the secret stuff. But it's like, when you actually talk to Masons in your town, they act like it only goes up to 32. I, th- I think they act like it only goes up to 32 or maybe 31. I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm definitely not an expert on the subject. I just, I just know that uh, the number 33 uh, is like heavily tied into Freemasonry. So it might be interesting to maybe, maybe uh, gain a little knowledge on the history of Freemasonry. Maybe dispel some of the myths and romanticize uh, some of the myths. 2021, finally in here, I believe I started in like June or July of 2020. So I only have like six or seven months of this podcast going. We're not we're not even close to the one year anniversary. Yet we're on the 32nd episode. And actually, I think it'd be yeah, there'd be like an there's like an additional six episodes, I believe. They were like the 0.01, 0.02. That was when I was doing more of an OBDM podcast style thing where I read interesting headlines and and actually if you look at the uh, the uh, like the the information on various podcast platforms the info on my podcast price still reads like you know headlines and uh, consciousness and stuff like that or, or my Twitter does my Twitter still does but I mean I'm st- this is still kind of about that it's just I've been having a lot more fun with these uh, last few episodes that I was able to bring Kaiser on. I mean, it's just been, it's just a lot more fun. It's way more fun. I don't have to just keep talking for talking's sake to avoid dead air. And it's great. I get a chance to breathe, which is hard to do in this COVID era, right? Man, that's some pretty good coffee. Not sponsored, nothing special, nothing fancy. It's like Folgers or Maxwell, just junk, regular coffee. But it does the job. So I have like 40 minutes or so, I think, until I'll have to shut this down. And then later, hopefully, I'll have Kaiser Clark on. If not, then this is just going to be, hey, little 30-minute episode for you guys. Didn't want to wait too long into the new year before getting in front of the microphone and putting out some content already three days in. So my new year's Eve was fairly uneventful. I did go to the thing I was invited to. Um, I got to see some friends that I haven't seen in uh, probably like a, at least a year. My buddy who got married in, um, what is, I think it was September 2019. Yeah, they just yeah, they just celebrated their one year anniversary. 
well, last year now it would have been, because uh-huh. we're into the new year. And so anyway, everybody was drinking. There was no cannabis users there except for me, and I had some decent concentrate. So it, it was uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. See, I can be the only person in a group of people, you know, using cannabis, and I don't like freak out and get paranoid. I guess it's just when you when you get used to being like when you're like a daily user for a long, long time, you just kind of get used to it. Plus, the fact I'm using it for generalized anxiety, among, you know, amongst other things. So, I mean, you know, my perspective, I'm using it medicinally. Of course, I'm using it recreationally as well. But, uh, you know, the great thing about it is half the people there probably woke up with a little bit of a headache or, you know, craving large amounts of water and you know, I just got up the next day and it was like, no big deal. I was still up super late though. I ended up actually going home around one o'clock. I hitched a ride back to where I was because my buddy's like 40, 20, or 30 to 40 minutes away from where I stay. And so I hitched a ride back about 1, 1 1.30. And then I ended up not going to bed until probably three or four o'clock. Spacing out on some podcasts. So I was kind of, kind of dozing off in the chair, but all in all, is good, you know, and no hangover, no hangover, very rarely drink, I don't really drink at all, I think I tried a seltzer while I was there, that was it, like a seltzer, that's it, it's like a spicy pineapple, Michelob Ultra seltzer, I believe, supposedly it wasn't, it's not available in the state we're in, and he brought it back from the state he's currently working in, He's at, my buddy's like a safety inspector uh, for a construction company. So, and they're, they're, uh, I guess, pretty much national, at least. You know, not like, I wouldn't say necessarily nationally advertised. They'll probably are online, uh, but they, they'll travel pretty much anywhere in the, uh, the greater 48. So, what else did I want to... Oh, yeah. I watched this podcast called Kill Tony for the first time last night. It uh, come up in my recommended. I'm a Joe Rogan fan. I watch a little bit of, you know, like his whole crew. I've at least sampled most of his other buddies' podcasts, right? So a lot of stuff gets thrown up in my recommended on YouTube. And uh, I came across Kill Tony, which I like when Tony Hinchcliffe goes on Joe Rogan's podcast. It's usually a fairly entertaining and funny episode, you know. And I'm not even a huge fan, really, overall, of when he has comedians on. I'm more interested when he has the, uh, you know, the scientist or, you know, even some of the ex- the extreme sports personalities. Um but yeah, so the comedians, it's like, I like when Duncan Trussell's on. I guess I, I do like when Theo Vaughn's on. I do like when, you know, I'm going to end up singling out a few and sound like an asshole. So I'm just going to say they're all, they're fucking all fantastic. They're great. So I watched this Kill Tony, and the reason why I guess it was thrown up in my uh, recommended was because it's in a very recent episode, and they had Sam Tripoli on. Now, I'm a really big fan of Tinfoil Hat, and... So I wanted to watch this episode and also give Kill Tony a chance because I always hear about it. And I'm also kind of a fan of Brian Redband, even though about all he does really is this Kill Tony thing, like producing for Tony Hinchcliffe. But uh, 
So I guess even they were saying overall it was a fairly weak episode, and a big part of that is because they didn't have a very big turnout, because, you know, with all these restrictions and lockdowns and the fact that it's at uh, still being recorded at the Comedy Store, so it was fairly dead. And, you know, I guess I'm going to have to check out a few more episodes, because I don't want to say, like, the, the show sucks. Like, Hinchcliffe's funny as hell, and Sam Tripoli's funny as hell. But I guess I'm more concerned on these these up and comers that they have on, you know, because basically what Kill Tony is is a competition for open micers, uh, you know, to be seen. And some of them is just I almost want to go back and watch previous episodes because I act like these people have been here and some of the, you know, your set was better than last time. And I'm thinking, dude, honestly, I think this that, that wasn't even funny at all, some of the shit. And, you know, I'm just going to be quite frank. I'm not going to call out which ones, but it just wasn't funny at all. And they're talking about how they thought they did better than last time. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So, like, this has got to be a very bad first impression. Like, it was probably, like, the worst episode you could pick. So, I am definitely going to check some other episodes out. Uh, Because, like I said, Tony Hinchcliffe, he's funny as shit. He's super funny. Um, but man, this episode, I was just like, what the fuck? They even had this guy who, and actually it, 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 it was kind of funny, but it was also like, is it funny? I don't know. It's leaves you kind of conflicted, I guess. Or some people definitely would. Some people would be outright offended, but it's like this guy, he's, uh, he's handicapped. He's in a wheelchair. Um, but he, like he does comedy. They had him in this spoiler alert. They had him in this box made out of uh, like Amazon Prime boxes made into this makeshift tank over his whole entire wheelchair. And, you know, hilarity ensued. But it's just kind of like some of the stuff, it's like, man, I don't know, should I be laughing or not? But see, I'm a firm believer in, you know, especially with comedy, you got to have 100% free speech. You can't censor that stuff, you know, or it'll, it'll ruin it. It'll ruin it. You'll ruin comedy if you bring politics into it. Or, or, well, political correctness, I should say. Politics are ripe for the picking for that great amount of jokes. We're fucking great for stand-up, you know? Politics is something that some of the great comedians in the past, that was some of their bread and butter was talking shit on whatever the current administration was at the time. But political correctness, I don't know. It, it has no place in, in uh, comedy. That's just, that's my opinion. You can't, free, like the freedom of speech is too much of a slippery slope. And I I, I tend to agree with the people that are like, look, let people say what they want. And then that kind of like draws the bad types out. And then you know who to avoid, right? Maybe I'm I'm probably completely looking at this wrong. And that's why I want to get guests on here. I want to get, you know, I want to get people on here. Definitely. Because it's just great when I get Kaiser on here. It's just, it's always a, uh, always. He's been on three episodes. But no, it's a good time. And I'm, you know, it seems like I'm getting a little bit, it seems like I may be getting a little bit better, uh, you know, a little more ears when I have him on an episode. And that's cool. Like, you know. See, the thing is, is he does have kind of a a little bit of his own built-in audience. So, you know, there's going to be probably that overlap whenever, you know, say I have Kaiser on as a guest. 
you know? But I also think that just generally trying to always have someone on, no matter who, is going to be, uh, I think, the key to growth with this podcast going forward. Especially if it's like, you know, this shit post Seinfeld type, it's not about anything. Um, you know, it would be basically, like I said, long form, two, three hours of just talking random nonsense. You know, see, the thing is, is it's like Joe Rogan is maturing and he's got such a followership. You know, he's got so so many followers and, so, you know, he's got a, you know, it's just, it's shifted. He's been in it for 10 years and it's a completely different show than it was 10 years ago. And that is not a bad thing. I mean, naturally... Uh, things should grow over time, right? But I feel like there's still now this huge uh, hole left for uh, the crazy ass, uh, even if it's super not well thought out, just general bullshit, but stoner talk, you know? The, like the pseudo-philosophical shit people like to talk to try to make them sound smarter than they really are. That, you know, I feel like now that Joe's more about the hard science, the hard facts, you know. But, you know, he still will entertain thought experiments and say random shit, you know. He just, he's, you know, he's careful about how he words it. But I do feel like that there's uh, this, uh, why, you know, there's, there's a big hole and not one person can fill it is the thing. I don't I don't feel like you know I don't think there's ever going to be some kind of like the next Joe Rogan. I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong on that, but I don't think there'll ever be quite I don't think I don't think that will ever happen again. We might not ever see one single person's podcast uh draw in that large and consistent of uh viewership slash listenership ever again maybe it would probably be fractured you know i don't know i just feel like you know in that situation with rogan that was just like the perfect amount of elements coming together at just the right time and just the right way and then just getting on this trajectory of growth that i never really stagnated you know, I'm sure there's been times where, you know, it was faster than others. But overall, it's just growing. And I don't know if we'll ever see anything that big. And, it, you know, I th and all, well, also, there's this whole thing, too, that I don't know anything about. And it's like, how much of a growth or decline are we seeing in listeners? Now, I would assume without even checking they are experiencing growth. Uh, how fast, I don't know. But it, I would assume that the listener base of podcasts is seeing some kind of growth. It should uh, not be getting smaller. Even if, it, even if the number increasing is very slow, it should, as long as it's a trajectory up, that's a good thing for everybody that's in front of a microphone. Because it's more possible people, you know... To listen now, I, I get it. I think just the podcast only form. No, I shouldn't say that. I was about to say the podcast only format is probably out, and and the key to success in the future is to have 
the audio and the video, you know, to record your podcast and put on every platform possible. And maybe I'm wrong about that. So I don't want to say that that's what I think. But, you, I mean, it seems like it would just up your chances the more platforms you're available on, right? But also, it's probably a lot harder to be available on all platforms and, I don't know, say what you want to say. Maybe not. I don't know. I could be looking too much into it. It does seem like you can say more of what you want if you don't have a whole lot of people listening to you. And it's more that the more ears that are on you, uh, the more you got to be careful about what you say. But I don't know. I still just think it's like, well, I know that Anchor is not a utility you know, it's not a right. So like there is terms of service and you do kind of like, you know, you got to do kind of follow that. So, and I've never read it, honestly, who does? But um, on the flip side now, what is very interesting too is it seems like if you are able to, it's not just about have a huge uh, fan base, but if you have... um. Hmm. I don't say this. If if you are, of course, you have to have the fan base to get it. But advertising, as long as advertisers will advertise on your content, it seems to be like nobody really gives a shit what anybody says. Then, right? I mean, you could be offending uh, consumers, but I think it boils down to as long as. Uh, Sponsors are like just hand over fist, just trying to get to you. Like, we want to sponsor an episode, you know, sponsors coming at you. Then the platforms that host you, they ain't going to give a shit what anybody's saying. You can say whatever the fuck you want as long as advertisers will back you, right? 2021, I mean, it's, excuse me if I'm wrong, but I mean, there's some truth to what I just said, I, I think, right? Or who knows? Maybe I'm the one being fed with all the misinformation. I'm sure I see a lot of it. I feel like a lot of people see a lot of misinformation and then, and I'm not talking about like the conspiracy theories and shit. That's obviously a, a whole lot of misinformation most likely. So, but 2021, I think I want to add video, get this on YouTube. I think that's important. I really do think that is important, especially, you know, coming into the podcasting world, without any kind of credentials really on anything um and trying to do a one-size-fits-all podcast right like where it can just be like it's not all hyper niche even though everybody's all like if you get in the hyper niche you know that's how you get a uh, you know get you a following you know so it's like if you lean really hard into like have an ultra specific podcast and but that ultra specific podcast also you know has to have sets of ears out there that are looking for that kind of ultra specific content then hey you can you can work magic with that but that's like that that i don't feel like there's anything that i'm that hyper specific into that i could even uh make a good podcast about one specific thing so i just like to cover pretty much anything that i find interesting right and um I guess that's a pretty wide swath of possibility. It's ADD, right? It's got to be part of it. Part of it anyways. Anyway, sorry, not anyways. Um, What do we got? What do we have? 
January 3rd. Let's check out the uh, trending, shall we? What do we have going on the interwebs currently, right now, in the United States? <whistles> nothing. 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 whole lot of nothing. Yep. Wow, pretty boring. First Sunday. Yep. It's the first Sunday of 2021. Pretty boring on, on the uh, Twitter to be out. There was nothing worth even mentioning. I just went into the general trending. You know what? We'll get hyper-specific. I'll even go to the trending for me and see if there's anything that I doubt it. Nope. Nope. Wow. I can usually find something of interest on Twitter, but not today. So, 2021 predictions. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say I think we'll get a little bit more UFO disclosure at some point. Now, I don't know if it'll be right at the 180 days. Uh, in fact, I don't think it'll be within 180 days. I'll be surprised if it is. That would be awesome. But I don't think it'll be within the first 180 days of the year. Um, I think that the, it, as long as that everything sticks on that bill and everything, then it'll be that information will go to like Congress and the Senate uh maybe like at 180 days and it'll probably they'll probably drag it out all the way up until like after 180 days and then set up a meeting and then they'll have to come in and uh either lie their ass off to the senate and congress behind closed doors or let them in on some shit and all we can do is hope that there's some senators in there with sneaking in a cell phone or something um something or another because what people don't realize is that that's that isn't 180 days for them to just be like come out and and you know show all the evidence of the UFOs to the general public. No, that's 180 days until they have to you know answer to people that are way above our level, and so we'll probably still not find anything out within 180 days. But will we find something out in 2021? I think so. Now, whether it's just a uh, complete construct of of the hot, like you know project. Uh, blue beam or if it's legit who knows but I will say this a lot of people are talking more and more and more about that uh, article that come out about that former Israeli dis defense that former defense minister or whatever even though he's pushing a book or whatever uh, a lot of people are talking about how that there is a uh, basically like a galactic federation that the United States is a part of it, and so is Israel, and they are. There is some kind of treaty involved, or some kind of an agreement involved. And if this is all true, I would say this probably, you know, goes back to at least the fifties, maybe the forties when this stuff started, or at least in our in our modern times. See, because they, I, you know, they've probably visited. Several different points in humanity's history, and that's why we got all the iconograph, the iconograph, the iconography. Yeah, iconography uh, on right iconography of spacemen in all these old ancient drawings and paintings. 
So, so yeah, I think we might find out a little bit more sometime in the second half of the year. But I do think it's very safe to say, I feel like this is a very safe bet, is that by 2030, we will have some kind of scientific discovery that is going to completely flip how we perceive all of reality, probably. Within the next decade, yeah. You know, whether that be some kind of an AI singularity or ET visitations, it really seems like big, big, big things are coming within the next decade. Whether we like it or not. I mean, we're already past we're already past uh, the dates in the Bible. I know the Bible. You know, my audience is probably, if anything, very diverse when it comes to religious beliefs or non-beliefs. But I'm just pointing that out. We're we're, you know, I think we're like way past due time for the you know revelations. So the scary thing is. is Say there's zero truth to the Bible. Let's say for argument's sake that there's zero truth to the Bible, 100% man-made, and there's no facts in it. And it's just all a, a, like a, like a plan for humanity that the higher-ups have been working on for a thousand, you know, a couple thousand years. And, uh, you know, revelations is what they bring upon once the technology reaches the point with which they're able to do so, you know, because maybe they were so smart back then, they were like, we know by, you know, 2030s we'll have tech to do this. I just, just talking trash. I don't believe any of that. But it's, in, I mean, it's interesting, it's interesting to think, you know, thought experiments go that way, like, hmm, so I was watching Lex Fridman. Fridman. Uh, he had a video on YouTube. He was streaming this game called The Stanley Parable. And it, it, it seems very interesting. It seems very interesting. Now, if you just if you just watched a, some gameplay with no audio at all, you'd think, oh my god, this is the most boring game in the world. But it's a it's a I didn't finish the video, but it, it's a very interesting take on uh, video games in general. Uh, you have this narrator basically narrating where you should go, what you should do, but you don't always have to d- do what you're being narrated to do. You usually have like one or two other things you could do, and then it changes the story. And it, I don't want to, it's, it's, anybody should like it, it. It looks interesting. It's like very fourth wall breaking. Um, and I don't know. I'm going to see if it's available for PS4 or maybe if it's on iOS because it, it, it actually looks uh, very interesting. And it's not graphically intense. Like, I mean, they could totally get it to run on an iPad. But um, I like the way it, it's narrated and uh, it just seems like a really interesting take on the whole, like on video games in general. The Stanley Parable. Very, very weird 
hard to explain. But uh, yeah, it's it's so odd. It's kind of like yeah, you know, it kind of invokes these vibes of like the Matrix, or the idea of the Matrix, like the Matrix movies. You know, like breaking outside. You know, like there's this false reality you know, that you're actually in and it's like there's this more real reality outside the false reality. You know, simulation and simulacra. Anyone? That book Keanu Reeves has in the first Matrix that he has actually hollowed out that he's hiding those, it looks like mini discs, CD mini discs. Remember those? I actually had a mini disc player. They were pretty cool because it, it was in that time where, you know, CD, burnable CDs were a thing, but mini discs were cool because super compact. And it was before iPods and, and like digital only MP3 players were ubiquitous. So people would get these mini discs and you rec- you could record, you know, high quality audio on, you know, like CD quality if you wanted to crank it up that high. But on this little compact disc, yeah, it was a whole thing. It's so weird too. Like they come out with mini discs. It's like such a weird time too, but. They were a thing. I don't know if you can still buy blank mini discs. It's pretty cool, though. So, 32 episodes in less than a year. And we are in a new year, 2021. And this isn't getting old to me at all. I I was, uh, you know, I never really thought it would either. Like, whenever I initially, towards the beginning of 2020, was like, you know what, this is the time I'm going to start creating content online. What's the lowest bar of entry? Ah, an audio-only podcast, right? And then just grow from there. So it's pretty cool. And I think that just about wraps up this segment, and maybe only segment, it's the beauty of it. I might just post it like this, but I'm hoping to get a little call in from Kaiser. See uh, what's going. On. I actually haven't, uh, other than like through text, I haven't actually got a chance to talk to him to see, you know, what's been going on the first seventy-two of twenty twenty-one, right? So hopefully we'll hear from him. If not, this has been episode thirty-two. Hey. First episode of 2021. Uh, the beginning of hopefully many, many, many more episodes. And I will see you next time in episode 33 of the Chill Guilt Thrill. Oh, I, I guess I do have a few more minutes, but yeah. Trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to add. I, no new movies. I already talked about Wonder Woman 1984. At least I think I at least mentioned it. And now, man, that was a that was a long podcast too, wasn't it? Three hours, right? Or two and a half or three? Pretty long. I I I shuffled feet and waited till last second. I'm like, you know what? I've got enough to stitch this together. This is going to be the, you know. I was thinking I could make it two separate episodes, but I was just like, you know what, though? It still overall was the same conversation. We just had a little bit of technical issues 30 minutes in. So I'm like, I feel like that would have killed the vibe to split it up. Um, I totally, you know what I mean? And, I, you know, I was looking at it from a couple of different ways, you know, like, well, that'd be an easy way to say, oh, I got another episode. But it's just like, well, you know what, though? That was still like, that's the, it was still the same 
conversation. So that's the way I went. So anyway, that's it. And I will be back next time.